So we're in the bookstore, and I find this book right, kind of right in front of me, out facing out, cover out, um, by Dr. Wayne W. Dyer called Inspiration, Your Ultimate Calling. And I roll my eyes despite myself because I'm like, I'm buying this thing. I can't believe it. I'm bought into this guy's thing. I watched his whole PBS special. Now I'm buying the book. I remember that, actually. I'm doing the whole cheesy thing. I'm becoming one of the acolytes of this guy, right? Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I am Dr. John Duffy. I'll be your host here once again. I don't think that's unusual. Joining me, also not unusual, here in the frozen confines <laughs> of the podcast studio is Julie Duffy. Hey. So cold. So cold. <laughs> it's... it's um. We came into the building today, and the thermostat was off, right? The, the heat was off, yeah. and the thermostat said 40... 47 degrees. 47 degrees. My office was... You said well, it was... Under- markedly colder than the, than the lobby, which is an interior space, and we could see our breath. It was minus 11 <laughs> Celsius. Yeah. We got minor frostbite. We made... Celsius? Fahrenheit? <laughs> Fahrenheit. I think, I think zero Celsius is freezing. Oh, so I'm saying it was free. It was freezing below. Freezinger freezing. than freezing. Freezing it was freezinger than freezing. Well, we saw our breath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we brought cokes in, and we just left them out because it was colder in the room than it was in the little refrigerator I have. Um, anyway, we're freezing, and I can actually see it in the uh, sound waves on my screen here. That, the you know, shivering. Our, our voices are shivering. Um, we're, we're layered up. I'm wearing a scarf. I'm wearing Paula's sweater. You're wearing Paula's sweater from the studio. So um, what I thought, Julie, that we would talk about today is Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, I was thinking about why am I thinking about this guy? Yeah, so, why are you? Uh, because, because I was first introduced to him around this time of year, I oh, think. Oh, okay, right. Okay, yeah. So um, about 10 or 11 years ago, um, I was watching PBS. And um, it really channel surfing, I think, a little bit. And here's this dude who's standing on a stage talking to a group of, you know, kind of poorly dressed white people. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they used to use him for their fundraising. Yeah, so Wayne, yeah. Wayne was doing a PBS fundraiser. And, um, and he's up there in his, he, I think he had uh, some hair, kind of a rim of hair. Yeah. And a uh, 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 mustache. And a Cosby sweater, kind of, when Cosby sweaters were yeah. quaint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just ugly and 80s-ish. And, uh, and this guy's talking about, you know, manifestation and inspiration and, you know, finding your true inner calling. And I'm like, oh, man, listen to this dude. The last thing I ever want to be is like this guy right here, you know? What a, what a loser. What a weirdo. What, what's, he, what's he selling here? Yeah, I, I remember that, actually. I remember walking. Somehow we stopped and watched because I, re, I have a vivid memory of that. Yep. And, and I also just it just popped into my head. This is kind of random that I remember his books being in my parents' house. Your, your erroneous zones. Yeah, that was his first book. And he went, he was... That's uh, right, we're er- your erroneous zones? Yeah, it's not as dirty as it sounds. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it, 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 that, that was a, when he was a straight-up therapist-type thinker, a cognitive oh, thinker. Oh, okay. That was, um, erroneous means you're thinking wrong. That, it's not about a zone. It's not an area of your body or something. <laughs> I know, I remember thinking... Your zones that are erroneous? Yes, your zones that oh. are erroneous, but I think they're more <laughs> cognitive than they are... Uh, biological. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I was a kid. Wait, 
Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. I just because <laughs> yeah. nobody's toeses are posies of roses as Moses supposes his toeses to be. What is that? I have no idea. <laughs> is it is it uh, one of those? Sydney things? Sheldon. Uh, I mean, Sheldon. Sh- <laughs> Union Shel- Shel- Silverstein. <laughs> Sydney Sheldon is a fantasy writer or something, Other right? side like, of like midnight. A, like kind oh, my God. I'm having, like, wow, some kind of a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to pause and get Julie some immediate assistance, and we'll be back. So sorry. So sorry. And we're back. Um, what the hell was that? I think that might be an onomatopoeia. <laughs> Whoa. I think we can just, can we just suffice Let's with... Let's get back to Wayne. The word erroneous has error in it. That's kind of the idea. Oh, just, okay. Right, okay, yeah. all right, all right. So, yeah. uh, so Wayne's first book was The Erroneous Zones. Uh, <laughs> this really has gone off the rails <laughs> fast, right? Um, so at this, at this point in time, Wayne is pitching um, this particular um, book. But before I get to the name of this book, what I... We were on our way to a couple weeks later after we watched the PBS special. We're on our way to Cabo, Cabo, yep. Cabo San Lucas with Mark and Eileen Mark, and Max and Char. Yes, our our dear friends and and Max. No, Max is one <laughs> of our dear friends too. Um, uh-huh. And we're uh, we're all going to Cabo. And one of the things I like to do is um, when we get to an airport, I want to go to the bookstore. Don't, don't want to. I go get through security and I jones for the bookstore like right away. Sprints. Because I gotta, <laughs> I, right, I, I sprint to the bookstore like OJ. We're hitting all the weird like people who've caused a lot of trouble in the last 30 years. OJ, oh, yeah. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, right. My picture was... OJ running through the airport yeah. when he was just OJ, yeah. right? Um, so I'm running through the airport. I run through like OJ to get to, because I love the bookstore. Because you know what I want? A book for the trip. Like, and then when I think about the trip, Sometimes I'll remember the book. It's like a lot of people affiliate music with a particular time. Yeah. And I, I affiliate books. And I think I'm thinking about Wayne because that was around this time of year. Like we were going, I think, maybe it was March, warm, but it was like yeah. we were going someplace warm. Yeah. So we're in the bookstore, and I find this book right in, kind of right in front of me, out facing out, cover out, um, by Dr. Wayne W. Dyer called Inspiration, Your Ultimate Calling. And I roll my eyes despite myself because I'm like, I'm buying this thing. I can't believe it. I bought into this guy's thing. I watched this whole PBS special. Now I'm buying the book. I remember that, actually. I'm doing the whole cheesy thing. I'm becoming one of the acolytes of this guy, right? And from the first vignette in the book, the dude owned me. And he, he did until the day he died, and he still does. I This guy is Springsteen-esque to me. Like, he's one of my guys, one yeah. of my... One of my pillars, more of my compass points. You know, if, if Wayne felt this way, that helps me. That guides me. And um, so this book's called Inspiration. And this book is one of the few books I can point to that changed my life. This changed my life more than any other book I ever read. And that's a fact. And so I read this book. And in the wake of this book, I started writing my book, The Available Parent. I started speaking. I really kind of busted out. I was inspired. I don't. I don't, I, I don't think I realized that, you know, that had had that much of an impact. Oh man, yeah. Th- this book was everything. To or me. remembered I mean, anyway. I I've read this book. 
I don't read books more than once, but I've read this book a number of times. And I even, I don't like knowing what's coming, but in this book, I know what's coming now. And still, it's like, it's familiar, but it makes me happy. You know, sometimes I'll get in the office a little bit early. I'll read a few pages of this book. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it centers me. And um, and Well, he he has led us into, you know, we, we... have gone to see him many times. Um, he he is, I think, why you fell in love with Hay House, why we went on this Hay House cruise. Hay John House, did a, Hay House is, is Wayne's publisher. Yeah, John did a writer's workshop, you know, and that was a real spur-of-the-moment decision, and it was magical. It was an Alaskan cruise. Um, so anyway, yeah, he, he's, he has had a major impact on our lives. Yeah, and so Wayne passed away. Um, well, you just checked for us, um, and he passed away on August 29th, 2015, so two and a half years ago. Oh, and I was broken when this guy died um, because he was, he was one of my gurus, and he was bigger than life. Like, to see him, he was 75 when he died, but I felt like uh, this guy could wrestle me to the and ground. And he was <laughs> sick. He, yeah, was he was really sick, sick when he yeah. died, and, but he... And they say that's not what he that he they had leukemia, right? Yeah. They they say I think they said that is not what he died of. His 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 daughters have been very very clear about that. Um, but he was really a kind of a badass. Um, and and seemed super strong and super vital. And he, and he did feel like one of those people that was sort of holding up the world. And when he died, you it felt a little scary, like. Oh no! You know this guy who's kind of led us through a lot of things um, is gone. Yeah. And what what do we do now? Yeah, that the, there's a star that shines a little dimmer. Yeah. You know, like it's one of those cliches that people say when people go. But this guy felt important. He felt like you know, every once in a while you come across somebody and you feel like they have some kind of like through line to God. And and Wayne felt that way to me. Like you know, he really did. And. This guy was brought up in the roughest of circumstances. Oh, right. You know, he was in foster care. His father was, by all accounts, a really terrible man in a lot of ways um, and, and flat out abandoned Wayne and his brothers. And, um, and, and Wayne somehow rose above all this and became this voice for kindness and forgiveness, um, if, even to the end of his life, forgiving his father and writing a whole book about, like, you know, and dedicating a book to the memory of his father, yeah. um, which which is amazing. And he became this, like, this beautiful man. I mean, really a beautiful man who I, who I didn't know, but I loved dearly. Like, there's a photograph of me with him, and, you know, and I treasure that picture. Oh, yeah, picture. We'll, we'll post that for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, we'll post that. Um, so, um, so I thought, well... Let's let's be inspired by Wayne today, and uh, because because he's on my mind, and um, and so we thought we'd take just a line or two out of Wayne's book, Inspiration, and talk about it for a few minutes. Ah, so here we go, Julie, you're on it. All right, opening the page, opening the book. This book makes me happy because it's just even the cover has this like beautiful blue on it. When I'm in the middle of a session or I'm just sitting there at work, when I see it. It, it just makes me happy. I'm happy to have it in the studio right now. So, you find something you like? Um, well, I mean, I'm not gonna. Oh, yeah, don't, gonna no discerning. Yeah. Let's just go. We just work. This it, is the, it's this possible is the universal for work. some. Okay, it's possible for someone to achieve at a high level, earn many accolades, be widely admired and respected, but not be living from spirit. Cause, but, and and the title of that section is "What Inspirational People Are Not." 
Uh, wait, wait leave, leave, oh, yeah, leave, right. hold that page. <laughs> read, read it again for us. It's possible for someone to achieve at a high level, earn many accolades, be widely admired and respected, but not be living from spirit. Okay, all right, so let's think about what that means. Um, yeah, right, what inspirational people are not. That, that's an interesting thought right there. Um, my, my immediate reaction to that is, um, I was on the radio last night, we were talking about accidental mentors. Oh, yeah. Um, and, um, and I had an accidental mentor, um, what inspirational people are not. Um, so I'm, going, I'm not gonna name names here, um, but, but years ago, um, oh, are you thinking about Arnie Kins? No, Jerry. Okay, there's, I have two accidental mentor <laughs> stories. Um, one is um, somewhere in my training, and I'm not going to specify where, um, there I had somebody who was a self-identified mentor um, who was really going to take me under this person's wing and show me how things were done. And I remember thinking, okay, you know, I don't have another mentor at this particular training site, so I'll, I'm in. And, um, and we were in a moment of public speaking, and he was speaking to a group of people and, um, and very into, like, aren't I funny? Aren't I pithy? Don't I have all the answers? And I remember turning and watching the audience, and almost person by person by person, I could see this person lose his audience. Yeah. And I learned in real time, oh, this is what not to do. <laughs> like, right. that's, a, that's an accidental mentor. This is what inspirational people are not. And I'm not, this is a fine human being. And, uh, but it was just a moment. It was a where moment. Where you saw where, where what I, not where, to do. And I saw that, that it was about him, not about like, I want you to know what I know. I want, I want to filter this to you in, in an unselfish way. It was a selfish way. And it was, it was really apparent. Um, to everybody subconsciously. I don't think anybody in the audience could say like, why did this guy lose you? You know, like, right. but it was more about like, you know, him being the showman and him being the guru instead of like, I want you to feel something different. I want to, I want to move you. And that's, that's what I'm going to be moved by. Um, yeah. Or like, what do you need to be in touch with the audience and the beat of having the beat of the audience? Just, yeah. Yeah. Getting out of your own head. Yeah. But you talked about Jerry too. Jerry is, um, you know, talk about an inspirational people. So it's possible for someone to achieve at a high level, earn many accolades, be widely admired and respected, but not be living from spirit. So, um, so yeah, you can talk about those two guys, those two bosses you had. All Jerry right, so, so and Jerry and Ray, Jerry and Ray. So, um, so this is this is a. If you've ever heard me speak, I have an undoubtedly told the story I'm about to tell. Um, years ago, I worked for. An accounting firm, um, Arthur Anderson, of the Enron scandal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's correct. But I left before any of that happened, so I have not had any indictments handed down. I've not had to receive any papers. But in any event, I, I worked, by and large, for the last three years I was there for one of two guys, two partners, who happened to have offices back-to-back. One guy's name, and this is true, I'm just going to give you first names. One guy's name was Jerry. The other guy's name was Ray. Ray um, was the smartest guy in the firm, period. Assets, liabilities, balance sheets, income statements. Ray knew his shit backwards. Like, he was a genius. 
and he was the meanest mofo I've ever known in my life. And this is, and I, and I am not uh, exaggerating. He was the meanest human being I wow. think I've ever known. Um, and he was not quietly mean. We were um, all of us flunkies were in a bullpen, uh, separated by several yards from the partners' offices, which were our, had windows, you know, and we were in the middle. And Ray would just yell, Duffy, get in here. And, you know, literally soiling myself, I would, like, <laughs> waddle into his office. He'd dress me down, door open, um, you know, hard. And, and I wasn't alone, but everyone was glad it was me if it was me. You know what I mean? And um, smartest guy in the room. He would do the same thing to clients in meetings. I remember being in a meeting with Ray and a client, and he yelled at this client, clients, because they weren't getting stuff to us on time. Yeah, that's a We're not going to meet the deadline. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, they'll probably move the deadline, Ray, if you just shut the hell up and let them talk. Jerry is next door to Ray. Um, Jerry is uh, from a farm co- uh, country in central Illinois. Uh, he had a, a little bit of a southern drawl, which I think was, might have been an affectation because it's not <laughs> that far south. Um, and... Uh, and Jerry might have been a decent accountant or finance guy, but I have no – honest to God, worked for the guy for a couple of years. I have no idea. I have no idea whether Jerry knew how to do the job. I never saw that side of him. Um, there's, there's two stories that, that will tell you something about Jerry. One is I remember being with my buddy Jason. Um, shout out to Jason Friesen, man. If you are hearing this, hey, I Jason. miss you, buddy, because <laughs> you made being an accountant fun, and th- that was hard for me. <laughs> so um, so my, my buddy Jason and I are doing the song and dance for the clients, and I think it went like this. In my memory, this is how it went. And, and Jerry's sitting quietly at the, at the end of the table, by the way. So it's me in the middle. I got Jason on one side, I got Jerry on the other, and I got the clients on the other, on, across from us. And we're doing the song and dance about how we're going to change their inventory system from a LIFO to a FIFO system and how, how impressive that's going to be and how that's really going to change the nature of their manufacturing and da-da-da-da, doing this whole song and dance. Jerry's quiet. And Jason and I are doing, like, this nuts and bolts thing. And honestly, the only guy who really knew what he was talking about was Jason Lowman. on the totem pole. <laughs> yeah, you know, I knew the right words to say. Jason actually understood how to do it. Um, and then at, at the end of the meeting, like an hour in, all Jerry says is, like, let's say you're the client, Julie. Yeah. Now, Julie, I can't tell if you're getting what you need from these guys here. <laughs> Uh, is this is this suit your needs? Is this what you want? Because I'll make sure if it isn't that you get what you want. End of the end of the meeting. You know, what I mean? deal is closed Bingo, yeah. right there. You know, because uh, Jerry's not BSing the client. He's serious. He's like, you know, tell me what you need. I'll make sure. We got I got this engine of a company. I got these people. Me. Yeah, I got these people. <laughs> I, I, I got they, these guys right here. They're good. They're gonna figure it out. So you know. So all he did was say, I promise you, that I'll get you what you need, and sold. Emotional intelligence in action, man. Um, and there's one other example that I can't stop myself from telling, even though some of you may have heard this before. Um, one day, I'm sitting in my little carol, which ridiculously I have kind of decorated. You know, oh, <laughs> I remember they had like Notre Dame stuff up oh, in yeah. there. <laughs> like, 
Does it have like, like bulletin boards? Yeah. Is it like, well, it's or like, you could stick stuff The whole stuff thing's to like the wall. soft, like the walls are soft, yeah. you know, to yeah, absorb a little that. bit yeah. of sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, I, yeah, I've got like my, my decorated little cubicle, and I got a nameplate on the outside, you know? I'm sure. Yeah, John Duffy CPA. At the time, good God, man! <laughs> like what a what a parallel! It's the upside down of my life. Oh my gosh! Um, and Jerry, a partner. Then this is for those of you who work in firms that are laid out like this, in in businesses, or can picture this: law firms, uh, accounting firms. Mo- most companies have some kind of hierarchy. Rarely would a partner roll up a chair in the bullpen and sit and and talk with. A flunky, you right. know, you normally like, you know, summon you, you know, like uh, through a pager or something. Jerry pulled up his chair, sits down next to me. He puts his feet up. I forgot this part. He puts his feet up on my desk. And so, so we're bullshitting, you know, and, and he's like, so, John, how's it going? I'm like, good, Jerry. What, what can I, what do you need? Yeah. You know, he's like, I just wanted to run something by you. My 10-year-old son is on this soccer team and the boy's not very good. And, uh, and I don't know whether I should go and talk to the coach or whether I should take him out training a little bit. And we start, like, kind of musing about this, Jerry and I, about what to do with his son, you know. And then we joke around a little bit. And at the end of the bit, after about 10 or 15 minutes of just talking really casually, like yeah. happily, um, Jerry says, oh, by the way, um, we might have to stick around for another hour or two tonight. Uh, pizza's on me. Are you cool with that? I'm like, well, hell yeah, Jerry. Yeah. We're buddies yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, whatever you need, man. And that's emotional intelligence, too. That is leadership, man. I mean, like, you know, so uh, and think about Ray. Ray, by, by the way, um, smartest guy in the room. Ray was asked to retire early. I usually ask audiences, who do you think made more money for right. the firm, Ray or Jerry? Jerry made more money for the firm by twofold. Wow. So um, Jerry not only um, made, you know, held on to his partnership in the wake of the Enron stuff. Jerry was shoved out. or I'm sorry. Ray was shoved out and Jerry was brought on to another company that was formed in the wake of oh, the Enron right. scandal. So Jerry is the man. I mean, he was the guy. And I swear to God, I never saw him do a single thing related to accounting ever. You know, like. There was a computer on on Jerry's desk, and I don't think it was on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, and this is a good reminder too. You always say, you always say, you need to reach out to him and tell him you've told, you have told this story a million times. It's a great story, and you need to reach out to him, right, and tell him what you learned from him that he was. You know, an amazing mentor to you. I need to do that. And his name is Jerry Turner. Jerry Turner. Jerry Turner. Um, he is here in the greater Chicago area, and I will be reaching out to you in the next week. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, I've never yeah. met him. I want to meet him. Yep. So, so let's revisit. Let's see if we're even talking about what we said we talk about. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read our phrase again. Um, it is possible for someone to achieve at a high level, earn many accolades, be widely mi- admired and respected but not be living from spirit. Do you have a thought about what Wayne means when he says it? Um, yeah, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're not going to thrive. You're not going to be happy. Um, you're not you know, going to be living your authentic life. Yeah. I mean, that, I don't know. That sounds no, I think gaggy, it is, but I think you, it is. you won't. You you just won't you won't thrive. Yeah. You won't be thriving. 
Yeah, so, you know, and I, I think it is about authenticity. And I admit, boy, that's an overused, tired word in a weird way, right? Um, but if you think about the guy I was describing first, this guy actually had really important things to say. He's a, he was a really smart guy with really important things to say. But because he was about his own, like, ego needs, he wasn't disseminating it. So here he has an audience that needs to hear what he has to say. And all he has to do is be real about it. But it's about him. You know what I mean? And so there's something um, kind of like um, presumptuous and inauthentic about that. And and nobody walks away with what they need. So it's a waste of everybody's time. Well, and he time. probably, you know, obviously, it sounds like he wasn't that happy. And it sounds like he didn't have the confidence to just have a relationship. Right. You know, Jerry was all about the relationship. Right, 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 right. That's true. And that's that's what that's really what people want. So Ray was probably afraid. <laughs> I don't know. He was probably yeah, he was Oh, Ray was definitely I he mean He was he was fear based and angry. And that's definitely not living in spirit. And he was he was able to pass both fear and anger down with a great facility. <laughs> he was and not, amazing. At and it. yet he didn't inspire anyone to wanna have his back or help him or stay later, you know, right? Yes, right, right. Oh, no, no, we would never. I mean, if we stayed later for Ray, we'd do it, and we would be grumbling the whole time. We'd be ineffective. We'd be, you know, it would not work. It would not work well. We would do it because he would scream at us if we didn't. But it wouldn't be, like, happy to help you, Ray. No way. You know yeah. what I mean? It would be begrudging. And he with Jerry, it was always like, Happy to do it, man. Yeah, he and inspired what here. he was in other people. <laughs> right, and Jerry did too. Yeah, Jerry inspired yeah. what he was in other people. Well, I, and I want to point out one thing about this thing before we before we finish here. Um, it's possible for someone to achieve at a high level, earn accolades, be admired and respected, not be living from spirit. Wayne's not saying here you need to be living your dream life at this point. Like part part of me thinks like I can almost hear Wayne saying. Um, you might not be exactly where you want to be right now, but if you're in spirit and inspired right now, then you're in the right place and you'll get to the right place right. and you can trust the process. So I think a lot of us, like I, I did a podcast about how I'm, the, I'm this malcontent, right? I'm always looking for what's next, what's the next thing. And part of this is, you know, people who we admire and respect, they take where they are now, right? And trust that they'll get where they need to be. And, and the way to do that is to help other people get where they need to be, no matter what it is that you're doing, right? And you want to be an inspiration for other people. That's what Jerry did. I mean, Jerry, Jerry told me when I made manager, <laughs> Jerry told me, you, you got to leave. <laughs> Jerry told me, you don't, want, you don't want to be an accountant. You, oh, you should right. leave this firm, you know? Yeah. Um, which at the time, I remember... Well, it, there was, it was a liberating moment for me, and it felt very deeply respectful. It was, I had this moment of like, you don't want me here at this company, but it was really like, this is important. You see me. You, you yes, see, dude, you, you see, see me. You see that it, all the color is draining from my spirit. Like, yeah. really, being an accountant, John, not his hair, his spirit <laughs> was gray. <laughs> Julie, Julie likened it at the time to the moment when E.T. Oh, yeah. is e. in the, in the swamp. riverbed. He's in the riverbed and he's dying. 
<laughs> yeah, before he, you know, finds the finger light and goes home or whatever. I don't remember the course of that, but yeah, that's Yeah, you I think he was white, but you um you were doing the thing that you thought you should do. You know, you you took you majored in the thing that you thought you had an affinity for, what you basically your mom told you to major in. Um you got the job, you got offers from every single accounting firm um, and you put your devil-breasted suit on and went downtown and thought you were, you know, doing what you were supposed to be doing. Gordon, and, Gordon Gecko, man. And and it was literally draining the life from you. Yeah, yeah. So I guess one, one thought I have, and I was, I, you know, I knew that I was hoping the conversation would go this way, that we'd find these little, like, tentacles coming out from this, this thought, um, is... When I work with young people and any young people that are listening or anybody my age that's listening, if you have this idea in your head like I did um, and, it, and it keeps coming back and to, into your mind like, I know who I am. I know who I need to be. I know how I want to make an impact on this world, but it's not what I'm doing now. And I, I had this distinct feeling for seven years working at this accounting firm, do the thing. Do the thing that's going to inspire people. And if you have worries about, how am I going to make money doing that? or how many, Trust the process. Like, figure it out. Like, you know, find some bridge job like I did. I, I worked, I rented apartments, for, you know, for, for the time when you were that in grad I was in school, grad yeah. school, right? You know, um, but if you, it's not just about like, oh, I want to make my dreams come true. It's about like, how do I, what's my legacy here? You know, like we're, we're here for this fleeting amount of time. Like Wayne, Wayne was here for 75 years. I only got 10 of those, man. <laughs> I could use Wayne oh, right. all the yeah, time. Yeah. You know, I only knew Wayne for those 10 yeah. years. I only had, you know, I, I'm, luck, I'm lucky that he recorded and I'm lucky that he wrote because here we are and we're still inspired by him two and a half years after his death. And what a beautiful thing that is. So be like Wayne, man. Like, you know, like do the thing that you think is amazing and that you think you can't do. You know what I mean? If you have a dream that it's latent in your mind and you think, uh, you know what, it's silly or it's too late, you know, I can't do or it. Or there's not good benefits. There's not good benefits. <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible story, man. It'll work. Things will work out. Like Wayne would say, if you have a dream, the universe will conspire with you to make it come true. If you are inspired, if you live in spirit and you move toward it, the universe is going to figure it out with you. But you got to do your part. You got to make that first step, that leap of faith. Take that move. Like, my, like Steve Harvey, who is a guy who has inspired me in my life. You know, Steve would say, if you're going to make it happen, you have got to jump. Oh, you're, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. You've got yeah. to jump. You yeah, know, like you jump. cannot, you stand still, you're going to be standing still, and I'll be watching you, but I jumped, and you got to jump. And I, that, that is a, a beautiful piece of folkloric wisdom, man. Like that, I love it so much because I'm, I'm so grateful that I jumped. Um, and I, you did jump. <laughs> oh, and I think, and I think I have more jumping to do, you know, like the, the, the beautiful thing, I need thing, to jump the beautiful, right. The, what do you think about jumping? I don't know. I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, picture, picture the jump. Like, you know, um, in, I grew up in Park Ridge, Illinois here 
and we had a diving platform for Olympians when I was a kid, um, which is now gone. But uh, it was open to the public for years um, afterwards. And I remember being um, at the top of the platform and looking down and thinking, okay, I'm about to jump into a postage stamp. Um, but I jumped, you yeah. know, and like, and, and that's a better story, man. So, right. So your jump, st- your jump was out of what you thought you were supposed to be doing that looked good to everybody. That was, um, you know, that a lot of people's definition of success, you, you know, decided to quit, leave and go back to grad school. Um, and George, I was pregnant, right? Yep. Yep. yep I was pregnant. Um, and it all worked out. It, it all worked out. It was, yeah, I mean, and those were some super cozy times, too, when you were in grad school in class and you were home when George was a baby. Um, so that was awesome. But, yeah, you, you did a complete career change yeah. after you were married and with child, with a baby. <laughs> right. So and it be, worked out. <laughs> so, so be inspired by Wayne. Here we are two and a half years after he has passed away, and we're paying it forward. Um, yeah. And... My bias would be as soon as you're done listening, go to Amazon, buy Inspiration, Your Ultimate Calling. Let's put it back up on the bestseller list. Best, one of the best books ever written. Um, this is the Undo Anxiety Podcast. Julie Duffy, thank you for joining me. Yeah. Love you. I love you. And we will talk to you next time. Have a most excellent week. Bye now. You can find this podcast online at iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, liveleadplay.com, which is affiliated with IPEC Coaching School, and WGN+. On my website, there's a free parenting program, uh, drjohnduffy.com. If you are a parent, I strongly encourage you to check that out. Uh, Some really good ideas there. Uh, If you have thoughts or ideas uh, for this podcast or if you are someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, uh, please email me at johngduffy at drjohnduffy.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Undo Anxiety Podcast.